G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You may have caught articles in the mainstream media recently reporting very interesting things. Christians having a positive experience having an abortion. Immediately that sounds like a contradiction. As odd as that may sound, pro-life organizations have been criticized for not presenting the facts about the abortion industry. Well, the stories appear to be in response to campaigning by pro-life groups in the lead-up to the Queensland state election, where it was publicized that more than 150 candidates had signed a pro-abortion candidate pledge. Well, let's get some insights into what may be emerging as a dispute about the state of the abortion industry. Julie Borger leads the pro-life group called Cherish Life in the state of Queensland. Julie's joining us. Hello, Julie. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Nice to be with you. Julie, are there many stories that you've heard of Christian women who want to talk about a pleasant experience having an abortion? Uh, well, I personally haven't heard of any. I am aware, and it's quite commonly uh, known, that sometimes uh, women's initial feelings post-abortion are those of relief, particularly if she was looking down the barrel of, um, you know, uh, difficult personal circumstances or there was a potential difficulty with the fetus. So relief can initially be one of the... Um, one one of the experiences, pleasant, no, but that relief does not last forever as well. As in all losses, the the range of grief and loss uh, emotions will come through through the years. Julie, it appears to me that when you have an article like that that talks about the abortion industry being a nice set of people and a pleasant experience, that that is in response to what is considered to be a harsh. A criticism of the abortion industry that often comes from Christian and pro-life groups. Criticisms of Christian-based organizations, are these, are these sometimes relevant? Or do sometimes uh, organizations like yours overstep the mark, overstate just how bad the abortion industry is? Um, well, I don't, I don't believe so. And it's quite interesting that uh, when we were doing the when the Parliament, Queensland Parliament was doing their inquiry into abortions last year, even pro-choice gynecologist and obstetrician was remarked as saying the termination of a pregnancy should always be a rare procedure because it is traumatic for the woman involved. So there is a recognition, I think, really there. But in terms of it being a, a pleasant experience within the abortion clinic, I mean, as a business person, would you not do your best to make your uh, business uh, environment a pleasant and welcoming environment, particularly if you wanted people to come in and use your service. So I imagine, I've never been in an abortion clinic, but I imagine that they would be doing a lot of things to make it as pleasant and as comfortable for the woman. I know, for instance, that they always turn the ultrasound uh, equipment away from the site of the mother 
so that she cannot see that wriggling um, human life within her that, that, that the abortionist is targeting. So I know that those sorts of tricks are used to try to make it as comfortable for a woman. So when you read an article that suggests that having an abortion is a pleasant experience, that's more likely to be some form of marketing from the abortion industry to try and put women's fears at ease. Is that the, the way you would see it? Well, I think the article I read, which is the one that you also read, was from the experience of the woman. And all I can say in this situation is I think that the, for her, there was, there, she still it's a recent experience for her. It was just happened this year or last year, I can't remember. Uh, there, there's just a relief. Uh, she found it a, a, quite a comfortable uh, process to go through, and she's still at that phase. Is the process of having an abortion always brutal? How do you describe, as a pro-life campaigner, and people are constantly putting you down, making criticisms of you, but how do you describe the process of, of what happens in an abortion? Well, there are two victims in an abortion. One is the mother and the other is the child. No one could deny that for the child it is not a brutal experience. That child's life is is terminated. For the mother, um, I, I, I imagine, as I was talking to you before, that the abortion at clinic would try to make it as comfortable as can be. I think that there is long-term um, trauma and, um, and harm to women as... All the research does lead, to, lead us to believe women are, you know, six times more inclined to commit suicide. Post-abortive women, they have a 31% greater risk of having major depression afterwards. Uh, they have 131% risk of an anxiety disorder. Um, the risk of alcohol dependency and drug dependency rises by about 180%. So we know that uh, women do find it difficult to... Um, Many women find it difficult uh, to live with the, having had the experience. Is it the fact that there are some women who feel no guilt, trauma or pain ongoing uh, that somehow or other gives the abortion clinic, the abortion industry, uh, some grounds to promote uh, the way that you might be thinking of a pleasant experience having an abortion? Yes, I, think, I do think so. And I think that women... Well, we all have a wonderful ability to care for our own mental health and one of the ways that we do that often is to block in our minds um, those things that are traumatic to us and we don't focus on them, we don't look at them and we, don't, and we won't allow ourselves to, to experience the feelings that, that we are having. As a Christian, you appreciate that the value of a little life is value because there is a God, because that little life is created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, but mm. can there ever be, when you understand that, a pleasant experience way of killing a baby? That's a big one, isn't it? Um, I am a Christian as well, and um, you know, Isaiah 49 tells us, does a mother ever forget her child, the, the, the child she carried in her womb? I think the moment of the, of the abortion could be a pleasant time, but I think the overall experience that will linger on cannot be ever described as pleasant. Julie, when we talk about these abortion clinics, they'll no doubt be trying to make the experience less traumatic. 
Do yes. they have counselling in place that, that somehow or other masks or disguises some of the trauma, some of the hurt, some of the pain that will likely go on? When you quote all those statistics about what's coming after an abortion, uh, it must be very difficult to disguise all of that. Uh, yes, I think you're right. Um, we have had uh, conversations with women who have had abortions and been told at that time that when they present at the abortion clinic, they're encouraged for having made the decision to abort their child. They're explained that it is only just a lump of tissue, that it's just a procedural, regular uh, medical procedure, etc. And they, they accept, they accept that lie because they need to accept it at the time to do it. But then come three or five or ten years later and, and they're now married and they're now really to have a child and they go and they have their first ultrasound and they see on the screen this 10 week old child and they see it really really is a human being and it has a heartbeat sometimes it is not until that point that the awareness of what they so willingly accepted comes to haunt them and uh, and then cause great pain and trauma there's a sense here that dehumanises the child uh, yeah. and therefore makes it easier for a woman to have yeah. an abortion. Yes, I mean, I, I cannot imagine that... Uh, I've never heard a story of a woman going into a, um, an abortion clinic and uh, being, ha- had an ultrasound and being, uh, and being told by her doctor, by the abortionist, goodness me, yes, he's lovely and healthy and kicking and doing well, goodness me. <laughs> of course it's... It's a whole dehumanisation. It's just, it's just a medical procedure. It's just a lump of tissue at this stage. It can be very easily uh, terminated with no long-term uh, effects for you. These are the messages that the women receive. And, of course, coming back to the article we're talking about, which yes. is an article that is supposedly a Christian woman who yes. has a pleasant experience having an abortion. Now, abortion yes. is portrayed in Christianity as being a cold and callous money-making business. This is part of the quote in the article, and that if you have an abortion, you'll never really get rid of the guilt because you'll suffer for the rest of your life. That is what you're affirming. Uh, They're using that in the article to make a criticism of uh, groups like yours at Cherish Life. Mm. Well, as Cherish Life, we've never promoted the idea. We don't talk about how abortion occurs or whether it's cold or callous or it's money-making, those aren't the issues for us. The issues for us are the fact that there is uh, two victims here. There's the loss of a human life for one, and there is the potential long-term harm and suffering and emotional um, to the emotional well-being of, of, of the mother. These are the messages that we give out. Uh, Julie, you're based in Queensland and they're just getting over the election mm. as we even speak. Do you think that Cherish Life, your organisation and other pro-life organisations made any impact in the Queensland election campaign recently because uh, there were a whole lot of people on the left side of politics who'd signed all sorts of agreements uh, to support abortion? Did you make any impact that you're aware of? Uh, I, I think we were in a situation where our greatest desire was to alert the public to the impact that this election had in terms of our future maternal safety. For instance, we knew that the Labour Party and the Attorney-General Yvette Darth had already sent our existing abortion laws to the Queensland Law Reform Commission to be modernised and with abortion to be decriminalised. There has already been a pledge that came out from their Labour 
conference in September but also in February that in the next term of government they would be moving to, uh, to legalise um, the decriminalisation of abortion. So we knew that this was happening. I then sought from Tim Nichols, who would have the, the shadow, he would have become the Premier had his party got the numbers, uh, an undertaking not to change the abortion law. So I had both of those pieces of information before me and no way to get it to the general public. Neither party was going to stand up and make a, abortion um, one of their policy platforms for the election. So the only way that we had to communicate this to the people was to take it to the people ourselves. I know a lot of our listeners will applaud your proactivity when it came to the election campaign in the state of Queensland. Are organisations like Cherish Life always looking for more supporters, more volunteers to enable you to increase your impact? Absolutely. You know, Cherish Life Queensland has 14 branches across the state of Queensland. My hope would be that we now have 94 state electorates. Would it not be wonderful to have a branch in each electorate and that those branch captain presidents or captains could make a make a relationship with the local uh, members of parliament and, and be there to counsel and educate and talk with them on life matters? I mean, would that not be lovely? If any of your listeners hearing today think that they would like to start a branch of Cherish Life in their local um, electorate. I wish they would contact us. I, I'd go and support them, um, get, do be all I could to help them do that, give them material, etc. Uh, well, Julie, uh, certainly people can Google Cherish Life. They can. The and website they is cherishlife.org.au. Yes. And yes. Uh, people and can go welcome. to that. Welcome them. The other thing we need too is um, it costs a lot to run the sort of campaign we ran in this coming up to this last election and um, financial support would be greatly appreciated. We receive no government funding. We are not a registered charity. The only way we can operate is through the donations of people who um, feel, feel strongly about the culture of life and want to do all they can to try to support that culture within our communities. It's cherishlife.org.au. Julie Borger is the president of Cherish Life in Queensland. Julie, thanks for updating us today on 2020. It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.